actress Katherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com MC901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com MC901 today. I played that bit in the last episode just to, you know, kind of give you guys a little bit of knowledge as to what was going on there. I played it again at the start of this one for the exact same reason to kind of remind you of what was going on down there. Uh, I've got a little bit of updates for this whole situation, some more suspect info, a little bit more about him, what he was about, a little insight into another incident that was close to this one but turned out to be nothing as well as some newly released body worn camera video and play some of the audio from that and kind of go over what was going on during all this that was just released today we'll get to that in just a minute we'll start off with uh, some of the suspect info and the, the reason i didn't really get into this yesterday as far as his name goes there wasn't anything verifying completely that it was him i didn't want to help put out there and have like another Richard Jewell type situation, you know, from Atlanta, somebody that was suspected of doing this, but wasn't actually the person it's been verified now. So he was the person that was inside there. It looks like all that, everything points to him being the suspect in all this, including the DNA evidence they found of some body tissue that was found there at the scene. His name was Anthony Quinn Warner. He was a kind of a computer I guess, uh, I don't know if I'd say guru. He, it seems like he worked with, uh, with the alarm system. He had his own business doing that. A lot of the things I did say about him yesterday turns out to be true. It looks like he also was a, uh, kind of a, well, I'll just say it out loud. I mean, outright, he was a nut. He was afraid about, uh, the five G thing for the new cell phones. And he, I guess wanted to disrupt that as best as he could when he, killed himself so he was uh, 63 years old when he when he killed himself and bombed all that area down there uh he he was kind of a loner he gave away some of his uh, possessions including his car and his house before he did this which is a sign of you know someone that's going to get going to commit suicide it's giving away your possessions for no particular reason it doesn't seem like there's any reason for it 
And apparently when he gave away his car, uh, you know, that, that person knew about it, but the person he actually signed away his house to was not familiar with it, or at least claimed she wasn't familiar with it. The, the house being signed over to her past that. It does seem like he was a, just kind of a generally weird guy in the first place. Um, you know, just with the, the recording that he had going downtown when all this is going on, he also, you know, the, the warning that was going off what we played at the first, he also was in the middle of that every once in a while, it seemed like there would be a pause or maybe it's in the background of the, of the, the warning message. He was playing, uh, the song downtown, the 1964 song downtown, which, you know, at one point says when you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. So that's, as I said, that's pretty weird. And I, I don't know. I mean, I guess he wanted to go out that way. It's, it's just, to me, it's odd. I, I can't really put pieces on all this. Why somebody would want to do something like this, but he did. He took his own life and luckily no one else's. Uh, but as far as not knowing why somebody would do this, as I said, there was another incident that happened. Uh, it was actually down in a neighboring county. It's pretty close to where I live, actually. And uh, some, uh, there's no other way to put it. Some dumbass decided to uh, play some similar type of warning out of a box truck that he had, like a box van, uh, kind of like a smaller U-Haul or you know something like that, one of those type trucks. He had a speaker system set up in there, and he was playing the same type of warning message outside of a convenience store and then outside of a church. Well, you don't do that a half hour away from where there's 250 FBI agents, plus everybody else on heightened alert a day or two after this actually happened. That was just stupid. So they caught this guy, surrounded his vehicle, had the the highway that he was on completely blocked off for, I mean, it was a couple hours before they figured out that there was no bomb, there was nothing like that in there, but they did arrest him and he's now being held with a $500,000 bond on several different charges. So I'm hoping that in the future, this guy will think twice about doing something stupid like this. Now getting to the important part of this, uh, I'm going to play some of the, the body worn camera video that I was talking about. This is really, really amazing stuff. I mean, it's, uh, I've watched a lot of body cam uh, videos, things like that, various places for various different things. This is actually really good. I'll, uh, I'll do a little bit different than what I usually do. I, I usually just kind of like let it play out this time. I'm going to talk either above it or stop it in a couple times to kind of explain what's going on because, you know, it's, uh, both visually and audibly kind of amazing the way it happens and everything, but they don't all happen at the same time. So I'll just have to interrupt some to, give my take on what's happening and where they are, all that kind of stuff. So right before we get into this, a little tiny recap of what uh, kind of a timeline uh, that I went over the last episode. It was around 5.30-ish that we started getting calls about various things happening downtown. You know, the gunshots, the the warning message, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so at 5.30, the police get out there. They do kind of surround this vehicle. It's sitting there on 2nd Avenue between church street and commerce street and anybody that's in nashville knows that area it's just it's kind of going up a little hill uh going up second avenue right across from the melting pot and baby kings and you know a couple of other places like that very close by there so the video here starts out at six fourteen a.m 
they've evacuated most people. They're going around business to business and knocking on doors, doing whatever they can, just seeing if there's anybody still outside. The first person they come up to was a homeless person that's sleeping in kind of in a stairwell that's, that's I'd say, maybe, I don't know, maybe 50 or so yards away from where the, the RV is actually parked at. What's up, Timothy? Hey, man, we take the body. Uh, we got a conversation. 415 B9, 411 Charles. So you're not doing anything wrong, okay? You're not in trouble. But there is something serious happening down the road. Go for 11. Where they need to go when they are evacuating the building. I've got folks checking commerce and uh, the property managers want to know where they need to go. Anywhere but the second avenue side, preferably the first avenue side. As long as they don't go to the second avenue side, should be okay. So as I said, that was an interior kind of stairwell and elevator and entrance to a, a business named Dick's Last Resort, which is a, a chain restaurant that's in several different places. We got one here in Nashville, it's right there on Second Avenue. There was a homeless man in there sleeping on the uh, the, the stairs. They were asking him if he can move, you know, somewhere else. They they've told him he's not in trouble. You know, there's nothing wrong uh, with with him being anywhere. It's just they wanted him out of the area. In case something did happen, they were also checking with, uh, you know, going to elevator, checking if there was any residents upstairs, all that kind of stuff. So from there, the next portion of the video moves up a few minutes, 625 AM. And the, the officers there, they're still walking up second Avenue and I'll try to talk above this a little bit or interrupt maybe a little bit of both to kind of describe what's going on in this video. And you can hear that in the background, the, the warning message is going off. They're walking northbound on 2nd Avenue on the right side of the road. If you're looking north on 2nd Avenue, they're on the right uh, sidewalk. That's so weird. That's like something out of a movie. Like, the purge? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's parked directly across the street from a business called Ensemble, and they just walked past it. They were literally across uh, a two-lane road from where this is. That's how close to this uh, RV they were. Oh, man. 
time I found out that that building that's next to is building that houses all the hard lines for phones throughout the southeast. Makes sense. Good spot to put a bomb. Take a ride up on Take a ride on the so they just turned by uh, the restaurant Hooters onto Church Street from 2nd Avenue. So they're shielded from the blast, at least a couple of these officers are. A couple more were left behind trying to check the the business that's right next door to Hooters. We do not need fire on standby at this time. And I'm stopping it there just because something's about to happen. The officer's walking down. He's got his car down on Church Street blocking off. Uh, right at the intersection of First Avenue. So it's just one block down and, and about a half block up from where the RV is sitting at. Very close by. He goes down there to try to change out, and uh, he's putting a vest on. I, I guess he didn't have one of the external vests on. He's going down there to put that on. The rest of the officers, they have the, the rest of the area blocked off. Second and church right there is blocked off. You can see up closer to third and church, and then further down at Commerce. They've got this whole area blocked off with their, their police cars. But there's no one out on the streets at this point. There's no one out walking. Well, very few people out walking. They didn't pass a single person when they were walking up 2nd Avenue while they were doing this. There's no vehicle traffic. Absolutely zero vehicle traffic through there. And then this is what happens. And when he said fire medical signal 10, that means hurry up, go as fast as they can. Signal 10, fast as they can. Now we'll stop it again right there. So the officer is now he's he's uh, got his vest on. He's he's running back up towards Second Avenue where this actually happened at. The officers, what you can hear them doing, they're asking for uh, the command that's out there at the moment. They were asking for all the available resources to start down that way. They didn't really know what the extent of all the damage was at this point. I mean, it 
you know, it literally happened a few seconds before this. So they don't know in an instance like this and they were right to do so start everybody you got start, you know, what you can. And it, that was uh, kind of a precaution thing with the, the same kind of realm with the, the fire, the thought about the fire department and EMS, go ahead and roll them. They don't know if there's any victims, how many, all that kind of stuff. And we'll stop it again. Uh, sorry about that. But to give you an idea of what we're looking at, when they were walking up 2nd Avenue and then on to Church Street, everything was fine. It was a normal downtown-looking area. That's what it is down there. You know, streets are decently clean and everything. There's there's no rubble. There's no nothing. Um, it, it's just a normal downtown street. Now, once he turns around and comes back, there is glass and, and rubble everywhere. There's just debris uh, from this all over the place. The whole landscape has changed because of this blast. Uh, and also the officers that were down there trying to evacuate people, they were trying to make sure that everybody was, you know, accounted for because on an incident like this, if, if the officers would have been right there next to it, or even across the street from where this happened at, they likely would have been killed too. Luckily they were up the street and, you know, in this one officer's case, he was actually around the corner. So, uh, the, the row of buildings blocked the blast from him. Command, I want to roll call of all central personnel ASAP, starting with 11. 411, I'm 10-4. 15, stopping again but just to give you an idea there were some people that were running by when this happened like they i guess came from inside their apartments or whatever they were at there some of those are apartments that people live in some of them are airbnb some are you know condos where people have bought the uh, the actual property itself but as i was talking about in the last episode those places are actually above these businesses so they're kind of loft type apartments so some of these people came out after they heard the blast and, you know, the, the officers were right there within a half a block of where they were directing them, which way to go to and everything like that. And these, these people are coming out and it was cold on, on Christmas morning. It was, uh, I'm wanting to say it was in the teens here in Nashville. Uh, if I'm, you know, if I recall correctly, but they're coming out just as they were, I mean, no heavy coats, no, nothing like that. They just rushed out and they were running. Right. Charles is central on that route. 
There's a couple of minor explosions that were left over probably from the actual uh, car itself, the RV. So just like that, command was there, uh, the person who had command anyway, and he was advising because of these little kind of secondary explosions that were happening. They weren't sure if it was something from the vehicle or if it was actual ammunition that was inside the vehicle that's being cooked off. And by cooked off, I mean once it reaches a certain temperature, it's enough to where it makes a bullet shoot, essentially. So they weren't sure about that. They were trying to pull everybody back from any type of open area just in case uh, any of this had any effect on the, the people that were close by. You okay? Yeah, I'm good, man. Right. I appreciate it. Boy 44, we need a 47 to take it to Broadway for an officer with a hearing loss in his left ear. That was one of the bicycle officers that was uh, apparently coming on duty that day, or I'm not sure he may have been working off duty. I don't think they had any working that late, or actually that early in the morning, but either way, he was asking for uh, an ambulance for the officer that had uh, some hearing loss in one of his ears from the blast.
Yeah. Command. Just get Frank out as far as we can. Get the monsters over on Third Avenue, blocking off all the secondaries. Um, over on First Avenue, we're getting it out as far as we can. Get some up on uh, the north side of us on Second Avenue here. Hey, y'all gotta go that way. That way. Keep going. What happened? Mary 71. Oh, yeah. Third commerce. She's the, no, keep going. You know we did right? I would keep going. Do that. Okay. So, uh, 416 Hey, man. Hey. Go that way, man. Hey, sorry. I... You're good. You just go that way. Dude, trust me. Go that way. Please. I know it. Keep going that way. As far as y'all can. Pardon? You know what it was, y'all can? Not exactly. It was pretty big. It was a yeah. pretty big fireball. It was right on top of here. It was a pretty big yep. fireball. Yeah, I was. Just keep going. Okay. I, I, really, I, no, I appreciate it, guys. Keep going, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. So those were just citizens that had also come out of the, the buildings that were right there close to, uh, kind of between 1st Avenue and 2nd on Church Street. Like I said, a lot of those are apartments there that are above the businesses. So those are people who were just come out of that and... Um, actually the, the businesses, it's kind of weird because, um, because of the protests and some of the things we've had going on here, um, over the past few months, you know, just like they have in any other cities, some of the businesses down there had boarded up their windows and they were still boarded up from a couple months ago, I guess, something like that. They, they blew some of the, the boards off the windows as they were boarded up. And these windows were not in direct, like a direct line of fire from the blast. This actually, the blast was powerful enough that it blew out the windows for, at the front of the building and blew these off from the inside and busted the windows as well on sec, or on uh, Church Street. So it actually blew, the blast had enough impact to blow the, uh, the windows out from the inside of the building that way too. 221, I'm at Fourth and Church. There's a flash shattered over here by Printer's Alley. I think I'm outside of it right now, but I'm walking at Fourth and Church. Charles set up at Union and Second. 113 Charles, I'm at 3rd Avenue North and Union Street. What's this thing for, Sam? I just pushed THP, they got resources coming. Officers walking up and down First Avenue to check some of the businesses there. So all in all, that was uh, a little bit over 12 minutes of footage. Um, I'll try to figure out a way because this uh, I, I actually found this off of uh, one of my Facebook pages that I've, I follow. I'll try to find a way that, that I can copy the actual video and or at least put a link to it 
uh, on the description of this. So y'all can go, actually go and watch it as well. Cause like I said, the video is, is pretty amazing too. Now they uh, kind of go a little bit further with the people they were talking to. He was saying, you know, just get, keep going that way. Just go that way and go, go and get away. The reason he's doing that is because he, he doesn't know what's going on or if there's going to be anything, anything else that happens. I mean, if there was another bomb that's close by and those people are just hanging around, I mean, they could be hurt as well. So get them out of the, out of the way of harm. They did that. And I said the last episode that these, these officers were heroes. This video just confirms it. I mean, it really does as close as they were, uh, to this blast when it happened. And, you know, the fact that they didn't get hurt, get really hurt was amazing, but they were getting people out of uh, harm's way as, as best as they could. And they remain on the scene literally, in, you know, through the time that it, it blew up. And then afterwards, obviously the dispatcher we had on this, uh, the, the one that was actually working the radio there, she did an amazing job. Uh, they actually had a couple dispatchers. Sometimes when we have a, a very busy radio, which this at that time was, cause there was a lot of stuff coming in. You heard all the alarms going off, uh, almost immediately after this happened, we had probably, I mean, it was probably more than a dozen, uh, fire and, and, uh, burglar alarms that came in all at the same time. There's obviously nothing we can really do about any of those at the moment because we had more pressing matters going on. But, you know, some of them are a mixture of, you know, front glass break or, you know, in, interior motions or, you know, just any type of general burglar like that. And some of them were lost communication because they, they did lose communication. Everything went down there went down. And as I said uh, earlier on, or as you heard, it kind of Midway through that video, you heard one of the officers say that's where all the hard lines were kept for uh, AT&T for the Southeast. So he knew that that was a, a probably the target for it. That does, does go to show you that the officers down there, they're very familiar with the area. They know what's what is where. And, you know, that obviously, like I said, that's a target. So it was a, a very good guess. That's what the guy was aiming for. But getting back to the dispatchers, when they have a, a busy radio like that, uh, on occasion they'll have an un- an extra dispatcher go up and actually sit alongside to help monitor that way instead of just having one set of ears on you have two sets and there's actually a lot more than that i was actually a couple of radios away i had a radio going with that uh, just in case as well and because i the, the radio i was working had uh, detectives and some of the other re- resources that were going to be uh, needed so i wanted to go ahead and have uh, an extra radio on and kind of get a jump on anything that was requested but as I said, they both did an amazing job. You could hear it there. It, uh, everything was coming out very clear. The, the officers were having a little bit of trouble. A couple of them, I think, it, I'm not exactly sure, but it sounded like they were having some trouble with their radios, and I think that may have had something to do with the blast. It kind of uh, almost kind of like they were on auto-tune or something like that, uh, like their, their radios. Maybe they got a portion of the blast, and it kind of messed up the microphone. I'm not exactly sure, but... Uh, it, it was uh, kind of hard to hear a couple of them in there. But this just in general kind of shows you the the year that Nashville's had. We've had the pandemic just like everybody else has. In addition to the pandemic, we've had uh, some some rioting, some protests, which a lot of other cities, but not all of them had. And then we also had the tor- tornado uh, earlier on in the year, which I mentioned before, and we had an episode about. That was devastating. It, it hit some of the downtown area as well. Uh, not quite right there, but there, East Nashville, you know, around that area. So really, Nashville has had enough this year, and we still have a couple more days left. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that nothing else happens in Nashville in the next couple of days. The way it's gone, you never know, though. I mean, it's it. 
my line of work, it's dispatch. It's nine one one. You never know what's going to come in. But I'm just hoping everybody out there stays strong, stays resilient, stays in the Tennessee mindset of of volunteering. If there's something that comes up to, that would be able to help volunteer, I'm sure they're going to put it out. I, I haven't noticed anything just yet, but Tennesseans, we're we're the volunteer state. That's what we've been known for for a long, long time. Something's going to come up with this. They need volunteers. They're going to have them. It's it's just that simple. So keep it going, Nashville. Remain Nashville strong. For Music City 911, it's Brandon Hall. Hope you all have a good one.